one of the wry, ironic, bitter gelechtes, bitter laughs, that was well known in Eastern Europe was the story of two Jews on a train, one of whom was reading the Yiddish newspaper, and the other one sitting next to him who was reading Der Sturmer, which was the Nazi newspaper. And the Jew reading the Yiddish newspaper said, how can you read that terrible stuff, those lies, that trash? And he said, I'll tell you why. He said, what are you reading in your paper? How we're downtrodden, how we have trouble, how everything is awful. You know what I'm reading? We control the world. We can do whatever we want. And in that joke is a deep truth about the nature of hatred of the Jewish people, which we should remember, especially as Monday night and Tuesday is the day of remembrance of the Shoah. And as members of our congregation had left, or leave, some left this week, some will leave tonight to go on March of the Living. Not so long ago, a book came out by a very wise and smart and sharp young Jewish scholar who also, I am pleased to say, is a friend of mine, Dara Horn. We taught together at Yale a couple of summers ago. And the book is called People Love Dead Jews. And I want to tell you why she called it People Love Dead Jews. It's because about, I don't know, four years ago or five years ago at the Anne Frank Museum, which has a million visitors a year in Amsterdam, there was an employee who wore a kippah and was asked by the management of the museum to hide it under a baseball cap. And their reasoning was that it interfered with the museum's independent position. Those were the words they used, although presumably not in English. And he didn't want to. And so for six months, the museum deliberated and finally decided to allow him to wear his kippah in public. And Dara, in her acerbic style, said, I quote, which seems rather a long time for the Anne Frank House to ponder whether it was a good idea to force a Jew into hiding. And so she wrote an essay, first in the Smithsonian, that she then expanded into a book called People Love Dead Jews. Because everybody bewails the victims. And there are very few people who don't seem to have sympathy for the Jews who were killed. It's the ones that are still around that they have trouble with. And Dara recently wrote, and I hope that you will read it, it just came out, I think it's on, it, it is online, I don't think it's in the print edition yet, because the print edition isn't on the stands, a very long article about Holocaust education in the Atlantic magazine. And she points out that it seems to be doing a very poor job in reduction of anti-Semitism, in fact, among Gen Zers, 11% of respondents believed that Jews caused the Holocaust. The state with the highest percentage believing this 
19% was New York, where there is mandated Holocaust education. And I'm going to sort of combine my reasons with hers, but essentially, it has to do with the fact that just as you don't know your own country, if it's the only country you know, if you've never traveled outside the United States, you don't really understand the United States because things that are choices just seem default the way the world is. If you only know the Holocaust, you know nothing about the Jewish people. And even more importantly, you know nothing about the people who hate Jewish people. Because the Holocaust is taught as some eruption of terrible hatred in the midst of Europe in the middle of the century. As though somehow it arose without long centuries of groundwork preparing the way for the calamity of the Holocaust. And of course, that's not true. But very few people who study the Holocaust have any idea, for example, that in the 12th century in England, there was the beginning of the blood libel, that Jews baked the blood of children, Christian children, into their matzahs, and that that idea you can hear even in echoes today about Israel killing Palestinian children. That anti-Semitic tropes endure and transform and are repeated in ways that unless you're attuned to history, you don't know because anti-Semitism is a protean hatred. It takes all sorts of forms. You can hate Jews because they're capitalists and you can hate Jews because they're communists. You can hate Jews because they seem to look like everybody else and they hide who they are, and you can hate Jews because they wear long black coats and payas and they're strange and different. You can hate Jews because they're weak and stateless, or you can hate Jews because they're strong and they have a state. It doesn't matter. What is at the heart of it, which is different than any other hatred. It is not the same as racism. It is not the same as homophobia. What is different is at the heart of hatred of Jews is always some kind of conspiratorial thinking. They run the world, they control the banks. Somehow, even though a third of the people were slaughtered in Europe, somehow they're all powerful, despite the fact that they weren't powerful enough not to be herded into gas chambers. And that reality, the reality that hatred has a long history, the reality that in the Middle Ages, when Christians wanted to retake Jerusalem from Muslims, which seems like something we had nothing to do with, along the way, what did the Christian crusaders do? They put the communities of France and Rhineland, Germany to the sword, killing men, women, and children, because if you're going to take Jerusalem from the infidels, and you happen to find an infidel along the way, you may as well kill them. But if you don't know that, 
If you don't know the long history of what the historian Jules Isaac called the teaching of contempt, that Christianity for thousands of years taught over and over and over again, then you will not understand the comment of the Orthodox scholar Eliezer Berkowitz when he said, it may be true that the Nazis were not Christians, but it is also true that they were all the children of Christians. And that influence still exists. Some of it, as you know, is on the right with the Rothschild space lasers. Some of it is on the left with the love of Benjamins. But on both sides, what you hear is that conspiratorial sense that somehow that you can't understand the Jews are controlling things and making everything bad happen. Because while it may not be true that Jews are automatically associated with everything bad, everything bad sooner or later gets associated with Jews. We caused COVID and then we created the vaccine that was secretly gonna poison you. There's no conspiracy that you can't somehow tie to the Jew at the center. And until we teach people that, until we untangle the toxicity of thousands of years of saying something's bad in my life, who might I blame? Let me blame the one who's not like me, i.e. the Jew. Until we teach that, sadly, teaching the Holocaust will not be enough. And that Jew who's reading De Sturmer is onto something, which is that's the disease that we have to understand. As Yom HaShoah approaches, I don't say this to be alarmist or to say that the world is what it was in the mid-30s, thank God. It is not. The Christian world is a very different world from the Christian world of the Middle Ages, thank God. But just because you're no longer in the hospital doesn't mean there isn't still a disease around. And just because Jews are not in the position that they were 100, 200, 500 years ago, doesn't mean that this is not a dangerous world. So on this day, when we will remember the unfathomable tragedy of the loss of millions of our people because they existed for no other reason. Not as a product of a war they, that they had fought or a deed they had done because ultimately anti-Semitism is not about the Jew and no behavior of the Jew will change it. Because Jews, Germans who were patriotic and had fought and had medals went into the gas chambers just as Germans who were angry about the country that they were brought up in. On this day that we remember that, let's be 
much more aware to the tendrils of hatred of all groups, but of our own as well. We are not free of that danger. And the second side of this is that the world needs to know something, not only of the hatred of the Jew, but of the tradition of the Jew, of the beauty, of the depth, of the wisdom, of the goodness, of the tradition of diversity, of argument, of aspiration, of ideas. You know, after the war, when Jewish children who had been hidden, some of them, and saved in monasteries through Europe, were trying to be recovered as Jews, and some of them were very young, so they didn't know that they had grown up as Jews or they couldn't articulate it. You know how they found the children? They sent workers from Hyas and other organizations around to the monasteries and they would gather all the children and they would say one thing, Shema Yisrael, and every child who joined in was a child whose parent had sung the Shema with them at night, day after day, year after year, until the parents were taken away and killed. There is an inextricable link between our strength as a people, our tradition, and our tragedy. We have to remember both. And it is our responsibility, in part, to help teach the world. It may be true that people love dead Jews. They ought to love living ones, too. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>